Hi everyone, I'm Susan Harrow, media coach, marketing strategist, and author of the best-selling book, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. I'm also CEO of PRSecrets.com, and I want to welcome you to the Be A Media Darling podcast. Join us on BeAMediaDarling.com and PRSecrets.com, where you'll get free goodies and also the resources that we mention in each episode, as well as other delightful things that will help you shine in the media spotlight. On Work Your Story Wednesday, I'll walk you through specific nitty-gritty storytelling steps that you need to take in order to get noticed by the media, get invited to appear in the media, and my secrets to getting invited back. We'll also chat about the three P's, how to prepare, package, and position yourself before you even email or pick up the phone to pitch the media. Tune in every Wednesday for tips about how to pitch producers and editors so they email or call you back ASAP. Hi, everyone. Susan Harrow, media coach, marketing strategist, and author of Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul, here today with Lori Forster, the wine coach, who's a national speaker, a radio show host, author of The Sipping Point. I love that title, by the way, Lori. Great mm-hmm. pun on words. She's at thewinecoach.com. And right now, and as per usual, she is on a tour. So she's appearing all over the country. So if you want Lori to speak to your group in your city, please connect with her at thewinecoach.com. So welcome, Lori. It's so great to have you here. You're a Thank former you. client of mine, and you've made such amazing progress that I wanted to invite you on because you have gotten on Dr. Oz. So that is hey. a big yay. Big deal. And, you know, the sipping point, my title, I created after reading your How to Get a Six-Figure Book Advance book. Oh, with that whole section on titles, How to Create a Title? Yes. Absolutely. I used your little um, tips there to come up with a great title, and so I'm glad you like it. It was inspiring. I love by you. it. <laughs> I love it. I think it's really, it's really clever, and obviously it's something that people are going to remember and associate yeah. with you and wine. Oh, lovely. Well, yeah. I'm glad to be here to talk about the Dr. Oz experience. Yeah, so first you told me earlier that you didn't send in a pitch, that they contacted you, which is really remarkable and wonderful. And so I think it's so important to have your materials prepped, your website, your information that you're out on the Internet and easy to be found because oftentimes Mm -hmm. today what producers do when they're looking is they go to Google and they go to the LexisNexis and the Dow Jones databases to see who's been written about before to look at experts and vet them. So how did they find you? Yes, so that was my question, not in the first interaction with the producer, but certainly at some point I asked her how she found me, and she said that she Googled wine expert New York City, which I think is in some of my keywords on my website. Um, Even though you don't live in New York City. No, but I travel all over the country doing what I do. So New York is a frequent visit for me. So uh, the cities, you know, that I work in a lot, I have in my search terms. And yeah, so after she did that, she found a segment that I had done here in the Arlington, Virginia area on WJLA, which is an ABC affiliate, How to Drink, yeah, How to Drink Like Olivia Pope. (laughs) How to Drink Like Olivia Pope from Scandal. I don't know if you're a fan of the show, but I'm a huge fan. I saw that on your website. I thought that was a fabulous tie-in to a celebrity. 
Yes, so I had done a segment because Red Wine is such a big, almost its own character in the plot of the show. And Olivia Pope has these big, huge wine glasses and always drinks this amazing red wine. And she's very fascinating when she talks about it. And her father is part of this whole wine drinking fascination. Anyway, since they're part of ABC, they saw the segment, they loved it, and they thought, wow, we need to have her on the show. So it was thrilling to have them find me in that way. And in fact, when I first saw the email, I think the title was something like upcoming Dr. Oz segment or something like that was the title of the email that I got. Mm -hmm. And I almost deleted it because I thought, well, this is one of those, you know, you get those emails of people that are probably not affiliated with Dr. Oz selling all kinds of supplements and weight loss. (laughs) Yes. Weight loss. So I almost deleted it thinking it was spam. Yes. Wow. Wow. So I'm just going to recap really quickly what you did fabulously well. Number one, search terms. Even if you're not in a major city, Lori put in New York City because she's nearby and she visits there a lot. So that's really Mm -hmm. smart to set up your search terms in that way. Also, it's really great locally anywhere because sometimes people are looking for you at a TV show in a particular city and they don't want to pay your travel, so they're looking for people in a particular city. The second Mm -hmm. thing that she did right was create a video in connection with something that's super popular today, which is Olivia Pope and Scandal on TV and connect it to wine. And she did it really well, by the way. I watched that segment and I remember you had that really huge wine glass on there, which was really funny, right? I mean, they are these glasses that she uses. (laughs) Yeah, which was really smart. So you did your research. You didn't just, Mm -hmm. you know, do anything willy-nilly. You did your research and you connected it to something that was super popular and amusing and interesting. And you had the segment up on your website. I think it's on your homepage. So the Dr. Oz producers can see you right away and see that you're mediagenic. So they already know that because of how you handled yourself on that segment, they already know that they can count on you to be lively entertaining for their show. They don't need to get you media trained. Yeah. They said that to me while I was there the day of the segment. Just do exactly what we saw you do on the video. That's exactly what we want. This is no different than any other segment you've ever done, which, of course, that's not how it feels inside. But <laughs> Right. Of course not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so now you know they called you, they want you on the show. What happened next in terms of your conversation with the producer? How did that play out in terms of plotting the show together? the segment. So they had a a basic idea of what they wanted the segment to be, you know, what wines to drink or avoid based on your health ailments. And they asked me if I would be willing to help them with the segment and to be on the segment. Of course, yes, (laughs) I will. And so right away, this was probably a Thursday, as I remember, she really wanted right away me to put together the notes. And I worked on it right away, like that day I happened to be in the office. And so went through making talking points of each of the ailments, allergies, weight loss, and headache were the three that we focused on and coming up with why you want to drink these wines slash avoid these others and putting together all the bullet points for that. I had all of that to them by the next afternoon. So I was definitely went right after it. And we also scheduled the taping for that Monday. They called you on a Thursday and you were on the show on Monday? Well, they called me on a Thursday. I traveled to New York on the Monday and for taping Tuesday morning. Got it. So that's a pretty quick 
turnaround. And so did they have the idea for the segment? Like did, did they know that they wanted to focus on allergies, weight loss, and headaches? Yeah. Were those the three? They, yep. Actually, there was a fourth, which was heart health, but they had already done some coverage of that for Women's Heart Health Month, and mm. so we cut that for timing because it had already been covered. So they already had this idea, but they wanted an expert who could speak to which wines would be best to drink and avoid. And so I went about getting all the information and the backup, which types of wine, not brands, but, you know, Sauvignon Blanc versus Chardonnay or Cabernet, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So you did all the legwork for them. They wanted these three topics, and then you went and researched the wines and created those talking points for them within a day. And good thing you were in the yeah. office because it does happen this fast. And sent it right. to SAP. And then did they tweak them with you? Was this they had a conversation call with you? And then after that, was everything done via email? Yes. After that, everything was pretty much done via email. They did ask for some tweaks and added some general wine questions. If you go to youtube.com slash the wine coach, the segment recording is there. So you'll see Dr. Oz asked me a question about serving temperature of wine. Some other basic wine questions were also inserted. And obviously they created a script from the talking points. I never had visibility to the script, but Mm. I know they created a script for Dr. Oz from those talking points. Got it. And did you set up the props too? Was was that something that you did for them? I brought three wines that were the wines that you should drink rather than avoid for each of the three ailments, but they make it a practice not to show branding on the bottle. So what they did is they called it Greeking. I had not heard that term before, but basically the bottles I brought, they created artwork and labels for it that just said Sauvignon Blanc so that none of the branding was visible on the bottle. So I brought three bottles. They covered them up with their special labels, but they went and rented at a wine store some wine shelving and a bunch of wine bottles because we set it up like a wine store. If mm. you watch the segment, you'll see exactly what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so there were yeah. three stations, yes. That's great. The other thing that I wanted to say about that is sometimes it's actually the opposite. So in some shows, there's called product placement. So the product is being paid for to place it in but so it sounds like Dr. Oz doesn't want to do any external advertising for or free advertising for wines. That may be a matter of policy on his show. Right. So every show has their own policies for whether they're doing product placements or not, mm-hmm. or if they're doing this, what you called Greeking, which is great to know that term, um, <laughs> to actually not show private labels when you're talking about particular products. So for you, knowing that you are going to get a lot of people driven to your website and wanting you, maybe hiring you for speaking or listening to your show, how did you prepare before you actually went on the show in order to maximize your publicity? So twofold. I mean, certainly prepping for the segment itself. You know, I have a process because I do a lot of regional media already here in D.C. and Baltimore and even I was just out in Chicago on WGN. And so I have a process of creating my talking points and running through all of those and how I set up in my mind, you know, each of and they did it perfectly in those three stations because even if I'm at one table, I always kind of have three spots and three talking points that I'm going to move to. It seems to work. Three seems to be a really magic number for some reason. <laughs> so I did a lot of 
going through my segment in my mind and the sound bites and the little wine sandwich, which is a trademark technique of mine for people to try their food and wine together. And I really wanted to make that part of it because it's something that people always seem to enjoy and remember when I'm doing corporate events or fundraisers. So in my mind, I had the talking points, but also you know, here's where it would be great to mention the wine sandwich and here's where it would be great to talk about red wine. People say room temperature, but it's really room temperature in a medieval castle in France, which is just a funny little thing that most of us don't think about. That was a great visual, by the way. So red wine needs to be chillier than we think. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of that I do in my head. In addition, I know that just because you're on TV, whether it's regional or national, and I've heard from many other people, doesn't mean that immediately the phone is ringing off the hook and your website is shut down and you break the Internet. (laughs) I know. That's that's kind of what we hope, but it's not always true. Yeah. It's not always true, but I knew this would be a huge credibility factor and also a sales tool for me as a speaker and doing what I do. So we put out an email to our list, which I believe you're on, Yes. just alerting people that I was going to be on the show. Now, mind you, just to give everybody some time reference, I got the call on February, say, whatever that Thursday was, like the 5th, and then on Tuesday, the 10th, I'm taping. So it's May or April, not February. No, well, let's, so Thursday, the 5th of February, I got the oh. email and phone call. We taped on February 10th, but oh. my episode did not air till April 21st. Got it. So did they, and did they let you know that? Agony. Or? <laughs> yeah, of course. Months of agony. Did they let you and, know that it was going to air later? Well, at first they said it would probably be in the next couple of weeks, and then when we reached out after a couple of weeks, they said, well, that date didn't stick, we'll let you know, and we tried to lightly keep in touch without being a pass <laughs> to right. find the date, and I didn't want to announce, I really didn't make a big deal about it at all with anybody until I got the date, because I've heard from other people, you know, there are cases where people will tape segments that never actually run. So I really didn't want to jinx myself or kind of get ahead of myself in announcing something without a firm airing date. So I think the Friday before it aired, we got the AOK that it was confirmed, and that's when we had put out an email to our lists and network that this was going to be airing on Tuesday the 21st and tune in. We also then followed up a week or so afterwards with, hey, this just aired. Take a look if you didn't get to see it live on TV. Mm-hmm. So you're marketing to your own people for increased exactly. credibility and just to remind them, here you are, and now, look, I'm on Dr. Oz, and, and also for the information that's inside the segment that they would be interested right. in. Yeah, so this in is a great credibility to... booster for your own client list who may have you in mind or you may be competing with someone else who has mm-hmm. a really big name when they're going to be booking the next speaking engagement or hiring you personally, you know, so this can be something that can be the tipping point to have them choose you instead of your competition that you've been on a show as prestigious as Dr. Oz and done so well on it that they can see how poised you are and that you would be great for their event or to work with them. Do you work with people personally too, one-on-one sort of coach wine coaching with individuals? Not necessarily. I do some uh, private events that might be 
milestone birthdays or anniversaries, but most of what I'm doing now is client appreciation for corporations like MetLife or Merrill Lynch, high-profile fundraising where people are really trying to raise a great amount of money for a worthy cause, and wine can be such a great tool in that process to create a great experience at the fundraiser and create a really nice upscale theme around the event. So that's the lion's share of what I'm doing. So client appreciation, corporate events, fundraisers, and anything where wine would be an enhancement to their particular event. Exactly. And you know that a couple years ago, I did a little stand-up comedy training at the UC Improv. And so humor is a big piece of what I incorporate along with the wine education and just create a much more entertaining experience than people are used to at wine tasting. So that's my goal, just to get people sipping great wine and laughing. And I think I got Dr. Oz to do both. So You did. You did. I yeah. definitely noticed that. And I'd forgotten about your stand-up comedy. But, you know, TV producers want humor as well. They want their audience engaged. And, you know, whether it's humor or pathos, they want their audience to feel. So, and humor in this, you don't want them to be crying in their wine. So this is a great opportunity for people to feel good about understanding some of these nuances or these health challenges of wine. So you did that beautifully, I thought. I forgot to mention that social media was also a big way that we promoted, you know, that the segment was coming up and after it aired just to get that out to our followers and even maybe reach some people who weren't already aware of what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you give them your bio on how you wanted to be introduced as well? Or is that something that I know it's usually just one line? Do they give you an attitude for that? I did give them a bio. I'm not sure if they used it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, really, I was introduced as Lori Forrester, the wine coach. Regrettably, after I watched the segment back, and this is such a huge thing that happens to me all the time, is Lori Foster was on the screen. Oh, um, no. Yeah, and on the website. So that... So one quick thing as something for for everyone to learn is that you Mm -hmm. can work with the producer ahead of time to proof your Chiron because that's your Chiron, Ah. which goes on the screen. Yeah, so in the back with the producer, you just want to ask the producer, can we just run through my introduction, my bio, and my Chiron? So that's something you want to do with them before the show airs because they can change it really fast in the back. Oh, that's good to know. I wish I knew that. Mm-hmm. Because my, I didn't even catch it because I'm so used to it being done wrong. <laughs> right. I, and, you know, I just didn't focus in on that when I watched the segment the first time on TV. And then I looked back at it because somebody took a still shot of me and I thought, oh, my goodness, that's not my name. Yeah. And I hope you contacted uh, them afterwards, though, just so they can correct it. May, may, they can't correct it on the show, but they can correct it on the website. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I would definitely reach out for that. And also some shows, just an FYI, maybe not Dr. Oz, but some shows do allow you to have an article on the website to continue the learning of their audience. And then they Mm -hmm. link from that article to your website. So that's another thing that you want to touch in with ahead of time. Would you like an extra article that would add to some of the things that we obviously can't cover in these four or six minutes? Because then that way they can drive people to their website and then from their website you can drive people to your website. And within that, that's the opportunity where you can offer something free like 
five of my favorite wines that won't give you a headache. That they may, you have to clear this with the producers, obviously, but if it's not on their website, you may be able to then encourage people to go to your website with like a list because people always want to know like the brands and the types of Mm -hmm. wines like that. So that may be something that you can keep in mind for the future to be able to do that. Here are my favorite wines that won't give you a headache or that will help you lose weight or that are good for your heart, blah, blah, blah. That's a great point. Yeah, for the future. So take us through the process with the producers, what it was like start to finish. You've given us a sense of what happened with you beforehand and the back and forth process, which is pretty typical in the TV industry to do this. And, you know, I just want to reiterate something that you said, which is that they may have an idea or a segment in mind and then ask you to flesh it out. So you're coming up with the Mm -hmm. questions. Lori said, come up with three. And the other thing that she mentioned, which was really brilliant, is that she gave herself three physical things to do to help her take her through the points. On Dr. Oz, there were three different tables and three different wines. So there's all the sound bites that go with those three different things. So that can be a really great help for you because if you're super nervous to have that kind of grounding, to have the physical grounding, also to have the props to move you through and to have just three points that you need to cover quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's great that you've already developed that, you know, for yourself and gone through it in your mind. I recommend also you go through it out loud because Lori's already really experienced because she's standing up and talking all the time and she's giving these stuff. You know what I mean? So we, we got to back up into your experience. If you don't have this kind of experience, you're not used to talking in front of crowds year after year and she's got her own radio show. So she's very fluid in that. So she didn't need to go over these exact points because she's made them over and over again in so many different circumstances and it's just packaged a little bit differently for the show. Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that was real different was I'm used to being a lot of the places where I'm on the show, I'm behind a table or a station where they have their culinary guests or their segments. So you're already in place with the host or hosts. Sometimes it's two. (laughs) Whereas with Dr. Oz, you walk on to the set, shake Mm -hmm. his hand. And that was funny I watched it back, and I don't think you can tell, but for like a split second, we leaned in to shake hands, and I thought, and we had run through it in a practice run, in a rehearsal, but for a second I thought, is he going to kiss me on the cheek? Or? <laughs> <laughs> so I probably leaned in a little bit further than uh, I normally would because I was like trying to read his signals. It was more in my brain than it came across on the screen. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. And sometimes you might run through it in rehearsal and it happens a little bit differently when you're actually mm-hmm. doing it, you know, and that's just the way things work. So what was it like in the green room? What happened in the green room? And for people who don't know what the green room is, that's just the waiting room. It's not necessarily green that you're in before the segment. And they often have like a TV screen up there so you can see what's happening before you. What was happening back in the green room for you? So they did set up a hotel room for me because I came in the night before and a car service to pick me up, which was wonderful. So when we were met at the front, we were brought into a dressing room. They have several dressing rooms for the guests. So rather than a community green room, which I'm used to, or a storage closet in some places. Yeah, right. You actually had your own dressing room uh, where yeah. the costume person comes in to see what you brought. You were supposed to, they are very, very specific about wardrobe choices for Dr. Oz. And so you're given that in the emails previous to showing up. But what do they want colors, you to wear? Bright colors on top, dark black pants or dark denim on the bottom. If you want to bring a bright colored dress, you can. And they said flats, no heels. Oh. 
although the two audience members, you know, with the ailments that came up to be on this segment with me, both had very high heels on. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I look like a dwarf, but anyway, they just were very specific. So when I went shopping that weekend to figure out what I was going to wear, it was a little bit more challenging because it was no black or white on top, no graphic. You know, there was a lot of things to think about. And you were pretty casual. Why did you not choose to wear like a suit or something like that? You you wore a pretty casual top and pants. I am kind of disappointed because I did want to wear a jacket. I had a, I guess it was like a royal blue jacket, and they were very adamant against wearing the jacket. They really wanted. So you it brought to be more the jacket, casual. and then they said, "I did no, bring the jacket." Oh, they said, we really prefer you not. So now when I look back at it, I kind of wish. I kind of wish I wore the jacket. You know, obviously they yeah. said it's up to you, but we think it's best just with the top. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm curious what you think I should have done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they had given you, I would have asked them why they didn't want the jacket. Is it a matter of fit? You know, because sometimes on TV, they want the jacket super fitted. So if it's bulky, it doesn't look very good on TV. So if it was not a mm. super tight-fitting jacket, they probably okay. wouldn't want it because it doesn't read well on TV. And when I say tight, I mean tight. They like things really, really tight. Like your clothing, too, typically is way tighter than you would wear. It's very form-fitting unless, you know, it's not flattering, but that's what a jacket's for, Mm. too, you know. So, you know, it's to give you a nice form-fit without, you know, and as beautifully hides all of our flaws, which we all have, right? Um, (laughs) Unless you're a fitness expert, right? And now I'm uh, there with with a super... Yeah, so, right. So I think that, you know, also when we go on TV, like, there are certain things that help our form along. Right. They're usually a little too tight. You can't, a lot of people can't breathe in a Spanx, but some sort of contouring or shaper is really Mm -hmm. super helpful on TV because everything shows up, especially if you're sitting down. But if you're standing up too, you can kind of see all the bra lines and everything. TV is very unforgiving. So I do always recommend shape things that, I forget what they call them, but the yeah. under, underwire-shaped things for both top yes. and bottom just to smooth you out. And it can also take off five pounds in the places where you most need it, you know, or just smooth out a line that may be not as flattering on TV that we may not notice on you in person. So getting back to your question on what to do, you might have said something like, I feel so much more comfortable and relaxed in the jacket. So therefore, it becomes less about the look and more about how you're going to perform as a guest. Right. Which they may be more sympathetic to. It's like, oh, my God, she's going to be less comfortable in this thing, so we better let her wear the jacket. The other thing to do sometimes is to bring several choices. So if they go, we don't want the jacket, you can say, how would this one work? And you can pop on Mm -hmm. another one. So it's not a matter of not wearing the jacket. It's a matter of wearing which jacket. Right. And I only brought one jacket, but several tops and several pants. Yeah. So I would recommend bringing a couple of each thing in the event that they don't want you to wear your favorite thing, that you're still comfortable in your skin and you have the outfit of choice for you. See, that's one of those things, too, that's really kind of a sticking point. Like, it's you want to be represented as you want to be represented, not necessarily how they want. And yet, on the other hand, they know what colors and backgrounds play best on their set for the lighting mm-hmm. and the makeup and their own brand. So it's kind right. of a melding of that. So that's where the questions come in first when you're on the phone with the producer running by questions and styles. 
to be able to say things like that. Do you prefer a, a shorter form-fitting jacket? When I say denim, is low-rise, it's fine, because you don't want to get there, have like low-rise, and then go, you know, those are like too low for our right. image. Yeah, that sort of thing. So that's where you are always welcome to ask those kinds of questions ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in the future, that's definitely something. So what else happened? So so there's your part so, of your green room experience. You've got your own dressing room. They, own dressing room, costume yeah. person comes, takes the items that I was going to wear and has them pressed and de-linted, which I had my own lint brush anyway, but <laughs> they did that for me. And we went down and did one run through with the producer verbally on the points mm-hmm. we were touching on. And then I was brought down at the re- proper time for a walkthrough, a rehearsal, where it's just stand here, very business-like, no real major chit-chat, but here's where you'll come out, here's where you'll move to, this station, one, two, three. And, and they mic'd um, you up ahead of time before you went to the run-through? Or they mic'd you up right when you were about to go on? When we did the run-through, yep. Mm-hmm. And I know I didn't wear a necklace because they were afraid it would interfere with the mic. <laughs> so we did the run-through, went back to the dressing room, and they asked for you to come camera-ready, hair and makeup, but then they had people to just kind of add to whatever you had. You know, they did a little more blush, this and that, you know, fluff up the hair, hairspray, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And so did you do your where, own makeup? Yes, but you did. like I said, the makeup artist did add to what I had done. Mm-hmm. And there is where I met the two audience members who were part of the segment as well. They were also in hair and makeup. And from there, you know, a little more waiting and then um, down to the actual segment. I mean, certainly I was coordinating props, making sure they had the right amount of glasses and were pouring the right amount. So maybe a little bit more complicated than other guests (laughs) because we were also trying to show portion control and Mm -hmm. a big problem with wine tasting. <laughs> we all think yeah. three ounces is a lot bigger than it really is, you know? Uh-huh. So that was very funny, mm-hmm. uh, that part of the, yes. the segment with the, the size of the glass and how much someone drinks. So that's an interesting point, too, you know, FYI, um, because it's your segment as much as it, is, as it is theirs, so you want it to run smoothly. So if there's any kind of these sorts of details that they may not know about, it's good to let the producer and the host know what you're planning to do so they're not surprised and so they can play their part as well. That's part of the courtesy of being a great guest. Yeah. So for the show itself, what did you feel like went well? Anything else unexpected? I think I appear very relaxed in the segment. I think I was able to cover all the main points that were part of my talking points, as well as get in a few other trademark things like the wine sandwich and some funny pieces about serving temperature and some great information that people might not already know about wine. So I think I did that well, but you know, Susan, you'll have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, no, you were extremely relaxed, you know, and funny, and you know, I thought you did a great job and very informative. I mean, I learned, I learned a lot too. So I thought you did that really well. If there were one thing that I might suggest for the next time, it's just to make sure that you would incorporate a story of a corporate event or a fundraiser, so people know that mm-hmm. they can hire you for that. So within yes. the pattern of talking about even the wine sandwich, you might have said something like. And corporations, when I speak to groups of client appreciation, one of the things that I tell them is that your wine goes with your food in a sandwich. You know, so it's as simple Mm -hmm. as that. 
So it's not right. overly promotional, but it's just letting them know that they can hire you for a corporate event. I also wish I had mentioned my book. I don't think I did. Other uh, thing you can do with your book for sure on Dr. Oz was would to ask the producer ahead of time if that's something that they can show because they may have right. been able to show your book as uh, you know and introduce you as um, Lori Forster, the wine coach, author of The Sipping Point, and then they can flash that on the screen either with a B-roll or have it on the set itself. Right. So and absolutely, I do that in my ask ahead of time. Yes. For next time, yeah. So, you know, these are the live and learn kinds of things. It's to reflect mm-hmm. on what went well, what you loved, and compliment yourself about it and give yourself a big pat on the back and then say, right. what would I do differently next time? What can I learn from this and what might I shift so I can even make the next appearance better? So is there anything Absolutely. that you might do differently next time? The book, you would mention the book. The book, there. I think and the wardrobe. And you always want to bring it there, too, and also send them an image. So you want to send it. And you also want to have all that on a flash drive in case it's better for them on the flash drive. You always want to have the flash drive with you with a cover mm-hmm. of your book, maybe some B-roll. Even though they may not plan to use it, if it's really good B-roll, they may spend even 10 seconds using your B-roll, which would be great. Right. From a yeah. corporate event, for example, or to show you in some kind of unusual situation with your wine. Something funny, something, since you're funny, even a picture of you doing stand-up. So I would definitely create um, B-roll for the next time, put it all on a flash drive with the cover of your book, with anything else that's trademark you. Right. Yeah. Anything else for next time? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything else that you would have done differently had you had your way? The main thing was, you know, incorporating that casually at a corporate event or when I do corporate events, mentioning my book and coming prepared, as you said, with that graphic and asking if it could be on set. I think in a way I said I was thinking I don't want to give them any reason not to want to have me back, you know, follow everything to the letter, including the wardrobe and you know what I mean? So that sort of was my strategy. And then did you pitch them a segment while you were there with the producer so you, they could ask you back the next time? I did not. I know certainly they sent me a really nice email after saying they thought it went, how well they thought it went, and I said I'd love to come back. I have not pitched anything. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should have by now. And It would be a great idea because they love you want to do it while they love you, while they're loving you. So the sooner you do it and you're in their memory, the better because they've got so much on their minds that they move on. Right. Yeah. All right. Good point. No time like the present. No time like the present. And sometimes you want to do it right then after the show. You want to have your second pitch ready to get it booked, you know, right then and there. So it's like here are three other ideas, you know, have like three other ideas for segments and run it by the producer after the show at the appropriate moment. And then if you can, you know, get it on the books, get it actually on the books. But I do want to circle back and just say you were a really lovely guest. I mean, you were so relaxed. And that's probably one of the hardest things is to be relaxed and casual because who types an uptight wine coach? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, if you need that wine to make you an uptight, right? So so your personality came out and your knowledge came out, the most important things came out. These are tweaks that we're talking about for next time because, you know, each time you're going to just get better and better. But you were such a lovely guest, and I can see how they would want you back. And Mm -hmm. anybody else seeing that segment, I think it's a great example of your personality and your work. So that's really terrific. 
That would be a qu- if I can ask a question. <laughs> yeah. I would just, you know, there are a couple other shows that I have been developing relationships with the producers and certainly I'm very interested in being on. How do you best think this can be used for everybody else on the line when you have a segment like this that you feel is a good representation? What's the best way to use that to connect with producers on other shows? The first thing to do is when you're pitching them is to put a just a link in your pitch to the video and have it on your site. So I know it's on your YouTube channel. I would actually have it actually on your website itself embedded in your website. And you might have it in a blog post about some of the experience that you had or some information surrounding that on your website that you do corporate events, that you're available for fundraisers. I'd have that all sort of surrounded around that video. I would absolutely have it on your press page with your bio and your pictures and all of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You can direct the press that you want to that page with that video on there first and foremost because that's really prestigious. So they can just vet you really quickly. So the one where you did Olivia Pope, I would have that one next. Mm-hmm. on the same page, you know, on your, I, I don't remember exactly what your media page looked like or your press kit page, but those, that's the order that I would put them in, Dr. Oz and then the Olivia Pope segment, okay. so they can preview you. Yeah, but I would uh, pitch them and then just say that you were on Dr. Oz, absolutely, and pitch a different idea or spin on that idea. Um, also, if you have any stats on the popularity of that, like if that was a particularly resonant show that resonated with his audience, you can say that for the pitch for the other people that you want on the show. And if it was a particular thing, like if allergies were hotter than weight loss, were harder than headache, that was hotter than heart health, you mm-hmm. might pitch a, like a one segment on any of those topics. Okay. And just go into more detail and say something like, you know, if there's any stats that you have in terms of what resonated most with the audience or what the audience wanted to know, you can actually say that in your next pitch and get stats on it. You can get that from the Dr. Oz segment, but you also might get it from stats on the Internet. Most people Google allergies more than weight loss or, you know, weight loss and wine, whatever, or less, whatever that is, or if they're equal. Mm -hmm. So I would get some stats to back it up to create that kind of time. Sounds great. I mean, you could also, since the Olivia Pope segment went so well, if there's any other timely, doesn't Downton Abbey have a lot of wines on there? I mean, I might create a segment around Downton Abbey, the elegant wines of old that we still have, or what's not available, or the closest thing to Downton Abbey wines, or how to drink wine like Downton Abbey. You know, any of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things that are hot in the culture today, 50 shades of one type of wine, right? Like (laughs) 50 50 shades of one type of wine for seduction, the best wines for seduction. I mean, you could go on and on with the cultural kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. and have a lot of fun with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did I answer your question? Yes. Thank you so much. The results after your appearance. I mean, you said in the beginning and it's true. Sometimes there's an immediate rash. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes it's something that happens later where someone who's thinking about hiring you says, I saw you on this segment and that's the reason why I hired you over the other people who are considering. So it happens in all different kinds of ways. What has been advantageous for you after the appearance? I mean, I think we definitely got traffic, you know, and leads off of the website from it. So I know that people were reaching out, maybe even people that were already aware of me, but this was sort of like a tipping point, (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you will, uh, to bring that back into the conversation 
from they already are aware of what I do, but then they caught the Dr. Oz segment and it was sort of, you know, just another added reason to reach out to me for an event. Certainly, I know communicating with our list before and after the segment has also generated a lot of people, either past customers or people we've chatted with before but haven't closed deals. So that certainly has been great. And did you actually close any deals or is it more you're in conversation with people again? Yeah, I mean, certainly i trying to think. I mean, we're closing deals every day, but I don't know how many closed that I can 100% attribute to the Dr. Oz. But certainly I know that we've gotten leads. That's, I have a person who does my bookings. Mm-hmm. So I'd actually, if she was on the line, she would probably know better than I would um, which ones actually came after seeing the segment. And that's probably something I should find out. Probably I think that's a great thing to me, track. Like, and then the quantify. Yeah, it's a great thing to be able to track. And then the other thing in terms of, you know, results after appearances, did you have an opt-in or a lead magnet on the homepage for people who may not be ready to buy or hire you right now, but who to connect with them later? I know you have, I remember you have your book up there, but did you have a particular lead magnet up there specifically for Dr. Oz? We did not. That's you can maybe put that one in my uh, next time what to do better category. <laughs> yeah, so you can um, use something like lead pages to have a pop down or a pop in, you know, pop down or a pop up that say, you know, viewers of Dr. Oz get a special, you know, excerpt from your book or get my favorite wines, right? Like the wines mm-hmm. I couldn't talk about on the Dr. Oz. I mean, you want to give a teaser. Here's what I couldn't talk about on the Dr. Oz show that are my favorite wines that will give you mm-hmm. the allergies and yeah. headaches. So you want those kind of teasers because obviously you have a very specific specific niche, which is wine lovers. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think that definitely could be uh, handled not everybody's ready to buy or hire you right now, but they you want to stay exactly. in mind, so you want to be able to reconnect with them again when you're, you know, when you pitch that next show, which you're, it sounds like you've got in mind some shows yes. to pitch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which is a great thing to do, by the way. Once you've been on a show like Dr. Oz, is to immediately pitch other high-profile shows. That's the time to do it, is right away for those okay. other shows. Get some ideas together and pitch while it's hot, you know, so that's a great thing to do. And just keep your good PR rolling. Okay. Um, Any other ways that you have to plan to leverage your appearance? Because you said you were going to pitch other shows. Absolutely. I mean, certainly we've added it to my press page, as you mentioned earlier. So that is the front and center video on my home page as it is now. You know, we have three boxes sort of across the top to kind of show people the main things that I do, speaking, media, and wine expert. Mm -hmm. And the media personality box has a picture of me on a different TV show. So right now my web person is will be replacing that with the Dr. Oz picture. So that will be front and center. And then when you click on that, it does go right to the page with the clip of Dr. Oz. So those tweaks are being made this week. Those are the main, I mean, I've changed my bio, of course, when I'm being introduced as a speaker to include that and the bio. And you've included the logo of Dr. Oz in your media cloud? Yes, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that's like an immediate kind of thing. Right. Yeah, you can put that logo on there. And, yeah, so that would be a good thing to do, too. You also might think about putting it in your signature line in every email. Have you seen me on Dr. Oz? And just put a link to it. That's a great point. Yeah, because there's people who may not have seen the segment on your list. 
recommend since it's still fresh, I would absolutely put that in your signature line at the end of your, every email as well along with your book. I guess I get a little sheepish like, oh, people are just going to get sick of me talking about my segment on Dr. Oz. So I'm trying not to like overdo it, but I am sure as a PR person you're going to tell me there's no such thing. <laughs> well, I can see rotating it. So when you've got a new one in there, you'll switch it out. Yeah. But for right now, it's still pretty fresh. You know, I think that, you know, maybe a year from now, I might tell you to switch it out. Stuff <laughs> on the doctor. <laughs> but for right now, I think that's really, I think that's really terrific. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add that I haven't covered? I think, you know, the biggest thing was just a year before I was you know, getting a little frustrated with, especially for wine too, there are very few outlets in morning TV where you actually can feature wine or alcohol. And so, you know, I just kind of made the deal with myself that I was going to do as much local slash regional TV as I could and still maintain the rest of my business. Because as we know, doing these TV segments is an unpaid (laughs) part of the business. But that I would do as many as I could and, and do them as well as I could. And then hopefully someone would take notice. I guess it worked. So, you know, don't discount your local market and what you're doing in your local market and then adding that to YouTube. Adding that to YouTube is how eventually I connected with the producers. So that's a really terrific idea because I think a lot of people want to go straight to the top. And, (laughs) yeah, I mean, we all, you know, it's natural. It's like, let's go to the top. But, you know, Laura, you actually have had quite a lot of experience, as I mentioned earlier, in terms of talking in front of an audience, having your own radio show. So you are used to speaking and sound bites now. And that's really a skill that's developed over time. That's not something that's developed in one week. And then the other thing is that you have done a lot of local TV, so you're used to the pacing of it and you're used to what's involved in it, everything from getting the right outfit and the right colors to how to manage your time and your movements on screen, as well as integrating that into the props and your information and also the kind of sound bites that are going to drive the kind of business that you want. So local TV is a really fantastic way to practice that. And also, like Lori said, it's a way that the producers from the bigger shows can actually find you and vet you because they do want to know that you're mediagenic and that you can handle yourself in a very short amount of time, which is what even local segments are. They're four to six minutes as well. So they can get a real sense of you that you already know how to manage your time and that you're an experienced guest because that's what they want to see. And that you can be fascinating and funny and entertaining. And funny isn't your thing, that's fine, but that you can be someone who's knowledgeable and can command attention exactly. for your topic. Yeah. So, you know, so some of that means, you know, doing those segments and then finding a, a media clip service where you can buy the video and then have it on your YouTube channel because they don't always exist out there forever. Oh, that's a great on the station's point. website. Yes. You know, that's great. Yeah, I always I recommend that you embed it in your website and that you may need permission for that. I know we did for CNBC. I needed permission to do that, but now it exists on my website so they can't take it away. So you don't want it to be only existing on their website. You want it on yours. That's right. a great point because if it goes and you don't have it, then you don't have any access to it unless you buy it. How much was it to Well, the clip service I use is $95. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you segment. did a living service, so you didn't have to buy it directly from the, like right. Morel's Media Monitor. Okay, great. So just an FYI to people out there, you can either buy it through a service or sometimes the 
I believe that the show would sell it to you directly. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't actually know either, Lori, quite frankly. And sometimes they will give it to you and sometimes they won't give you like permission to have it on your site. So that may be the option to actually buy it, could bypass that if they won't allow you to do that, if that's part of their profit plan. So so thanks for that because that is really, really important because you don't want to have this fantastic clip and then have it go away uh, and not have control over it. Yeah. Excellent. Wow, thank you. This has been so incredibly informative and helpful to everyone listening. And we're talking to Lori Forster, the wine coach, who's a national speaker, a radio show host, author of The Sipping Point, thewinecoach.com. You can see where she's appearing in the event you want her. When she's in your city, you can actually book her for an event when she's in your city for your group or your fundraiser or your corporation or your private group. Do you have a size limit as like somebody for a private group? Do you have like a minimum? I don't. I don't. I just, we have an event fee and that would include me preparing the event and hosting, speaking at your event. I do some speaking at women's conferences. I have a talk about how to create the recipe for your delicious life and Mm. I will come for <laughs> for any number of people. It just depends on if you want to choose to budget and have me there. But I love groups from all sizes, from 25 to 300. Excellent. Depends so on the how wine much you coach, can cover. Yeah, thewinecoach.com. You can see where Lori is appearing in your city or nearby. And even if she's not, if you want her in your city, she's, as you can hear, a really fabulous guest. And who doesn't love wine with food, yeah. right? <laughs> with your food or and join you <laughs> yeah so thank you so much it's been a real it's been really great to talk with you again thanks susan hop on over to beamediadarling.com for any of the resources that we mentioned in this episode and also for free goodies you'll also find over there some surprises because i would love to be able to delight you Thanks so much for listening to the Be A Media Darling podcast with me, Susan Harrow. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And remember, speak your mind, stand your ground, sing your song. I look forward to meeting you.